wet, rainy, cold, miserable Queen's birthday weekend, everybody. I mean, you guys are the, are the real deal. You're the ones that really love Jesus. You showed up to church. Like half the church is still in bed watching Netflix. I mean, telling you, pray for the backsliders in this church. I mean, they, they, they need the Lord. And, and you guys are just amazing. And we're just so honored. I love Queen's, Queen's birthday weekend because I, I love the Queen. I think the Queen is awesome. I, I just think she's the coolest thing, and uh, she, she's, uh, she's great. God bless the Queen, amen. She gives you a day off on Monday, so you better bless her. And uh, she's great, man. I just absolutely love it. I want to uh, finish off our series this morning, and uh, the series we've been doing through the Old Testament book of Haggai, and uh, we've called this series, The Time Is Now, and I want to round this series off this morning, and uh, we had a great first service and I believe in God for even greater things in this one here. And uh, just to give you some backstory, some context, if you missed uh, the series the last few weeks, or if you are just forgetful like me and you don't remember what you had for breakfast this morning, let alone what you heard preached a couple of weeks ago, then that's cool. Let me just keep you up to date and up to speed on what's going down here. So. We see uh, in the context of this book here, the book of Haggai, uh, what's going on is uh, back before this, Solomon had built his temple and then uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had come in, destroyed, uh, absolutely crushed Judah. Uh, the nation of Israel was just kind of taken into captivity. He absolutely destroyed the temple, the place of worship, the place where basically was God's house and completely destroyed that, took the uh, nation of Israel into Babylonian captivity. This captivity lasted a total of 70 years, uh, but some experts believe that around 50 years, there was a remnant, 50,000 of these Israelites were allowed to head back to, uh, to Judah to rebuild the temple of God. So this is kind of the context that we see Haggai show up in. Now these 50,000 people go back to rebuild the temple. Very quickly, they face opposition from the Samaritans. They freak out, they go, this is hard, this is difficult. We're supposed to be doing this thing for God, but no. And so they abandon the work on the temple and for 14 years do nothing. They spend that time building their own houses, living in luxury, having lovely houses, doing nice things. And then God raises up the prophet Haggai to come and say, listen, it's not okay that you've got these amazing, beautiful houses, you're doing your own thing, and my house lies in ruins. The time is now to rebuild the temple and get back to doing what it was I called you to do in the first place. So that's the context, that's where we're at. And what I wanna do as we round off this series and draw it to a close is I wanna pull just two key thoughts or two key messages out of this text to kind of leave us with. And um, I'll be honest with you today, it's gonna be difficult today. Like today's message is gonna be tough. It's gonna be difficult. I mean, sometimes though, people, it's good to go to the difficult stuff, right? Like, it, I know, like, it's nice to hear nice messages and, like, nice and fluffy and, you know, it's, it's lovely. But sometimes we have to just get to the heart of some stuff here. And, and, and I wanna get to some of that, but please stay with me, people, stay with me, because I want you to hear the heart of God in this. I want you to hear really what, what God's heart is in it. And so we're gonna deal with some difficult things. But at the same time, I want you to hear God's heart in, in the whole picture. And so what I wanna do is I wanna explore what, what I've called two battles that we see in, this, in this, um, this book here. And the first one is our battle and the second one is, is, is God's battle. So that's where we're gonna go. Before we do anything more, can we pray together? Because I really believe God wants to speak to some hearts today and, 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 and maybe you've come in a certain way today, but I really believe that uh, the power of God is here and God wants to meet with you and God wants to, to transform your heart. Uh, and so you leave this place very, very different. Is that okay? 
Are you with me, church? Look, I know it's rainy and miserable, but we can have fun in the house of God, amen? Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. And I thank you for every life that is in this room, and I bless them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that as I open this word and as I speak today, that it would not be my words but yours. It would not be my heart but yours. I thank you that today all I am is a vessel. All I I am is a mouthpiece. All I am is a vehicle for your voice to come and speak to your people. So Lord, I pray, empty me of me and fill me with you that I might speak your truth with wisdom and clarity today. And I ask this all in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And just to get us warm, say a big amen. Amen. All right. Hey, uh, the first battle that I want to speak to today, I've called it this. I've called it our battle of conditional obedience. Our battle of conditional obedience. I don't know if you've ever found yourself trying to be obedient to God or trying to step out to do something that you feel God's called you to do or live the life He's called you to live, but found that You've stepped out to try and be obedient, but then kind of like it's not working out as you hoped it would. Like life isn't working out as you hoped it would or thought it would or thought it should. And in this, the context and the people and the time of Haggai, they're stepping out to try and be obedient to God, to build the temple, to do the work, to do the thing that they felt God had called them to do. But then it was like everything else in their life, it's like, I was expecting more than this. It was like, this is difficult, this is hard. And I thought, man, I'm trying to be obedient here, but the rest of my life doesn't seem to be working out the way I thought it should. You know, I don't know if you've ever been there where you're like, man, I'm going to church, I'm praying the prayer, I'm trying to be obedient, I'm trying to do the thing, but man, man like I, I thought like other things would be coming in line in my life right now, but it doesn't seem to be working out the way I hoped it would, and, and I'm trying to do the right thing, but you get to this point sometimes where you're like, is it even worth still being obedient to God? Is it even worth still trying to do what God has called me to do and try and be obedient to what God's uh, telling me to do for my life? And you know, not that long ago, I invited a young man to church, and uh, I've known him for a while, and I'll be honest, I'll tell you, his life is it was a bit of a mess, and so uh, I got together with him. I had coffee, and I said, "Dude, you got to come to church, man. Come to church. Like, get into church. You know, church. Get into church." And um, he, like, by some miraculous moment, like, showed up to church uh, after I'd invited him. And um, he shows up to church, and then we catch up later on in that week. And and uh, I said, "Hey, man, how's it going?" He goes, "Steve, it didn't work." I'm like, "What do you mean it didn't work? It didn't work." What do you mean it didn't work? Didn't work, man. What didn't work? Church. What do you mean it didn't work? Didn't work. Like, what do you mean it didn't work? He said, well, my girlfriend still wants nothing to do with me. Uh, Like, I'm I'm still depressed. My life is still a mess. And and, and like, it didn't work. I'm like, dude, you came to church one time. (laughs) If I'm honest with you, man, I'll tell you, like, you've been messing your life up for a good five years now. You've been going from relationship to relationship to relationship. You've been blowing all your money, spending more than you earn. You're like, it's been a whole lot of destructive behaviors and mindsets and patterns in your life. And you're expecting God to fix that in one hour? He was like, I hope so. <laughs> it didn't work. I'm like, but, but how many, how often... Are we like this? You know, like, like I mean, I, I did the thing. I prayed the prayer. I, I, I did my part of what I thought was my part. And it, like, it's like God's not holding up his end of the bargain. It's like, it's like things aren't working out as I, as I thought they would or as I, I, I thought they should. And, and you know, like uh, often, I don't know about you, but I've found myself fighting this battle, man, this battle of conditional obedience. Conditional obedience is like, 
is God, if you're hooking me up, like if, if you're delivering, if you're delivering in the way I want you to and in the time that I want you to and in the time frames that I want you to and in the particular way that I want you to, then we're good, man. I'll obey, I'll do what you want me to do. But God, if it's getting difficult or if it's uncomfortable for me or, or if I have a few challenges I've got to face or things aren't happening as fast as I want them to or in the way I wanted them to, and God, if you're not really delivering on this, then God, I'm out. Like that's conditional obedience. If God's saying, if, if, he's, if he's delivering, then cool, but if he's not, then I'm out. It's conditional obedience. You know, my wife calls it with our family, she calls it selective hearing. Pray for my wife, man. She's in a house full of boys. Even our dog is a boy. She's preaching right now in the city campus and pray for her, man, because she's, she's gotta deal with a whole lot with us, man. And uh, she calls it selective hearing. If you've got children, you know, like, and if you've got boys in your house, you know that like your house, it's like a hurricane went through it 23 hours a day. You know, like it's just crazy. And so this is what we do with our boys. We're like, hey boys, you need to help clean up. Boys, it's time to tidy up. You know what we hear? Nothing. You know what response we get? Nothing. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, tidy up. It's like you're speaking to nobody. It's like, are there words coming out of my mouth right now? Hey, it's time to tidy up, turn off your iPad. Turn off the TV. It's time to tidy up. Put your toys away. Put your toys away. They do nothing. They do nothing. They do nothing. You say this, chocolate. And they're like running in. <laughs> Ice cream. Vroom. You could whisper it. Rainbow sand. What did you say? <laughs> they're like selective hearing, man. They, they hear what they want to hear. They do what they It's con this conditional obedience. Like, I'll, I'll obey... When it suits me, I'll obey when it works for me. I'll obey when it's comfortable for me. But if it's not, then, then don't expect me to keep going on. Like, like we do this, man. Like, I, I, love, I, I love this. Um, you know, you, you read your Bible, you're like, man, you, you find some scriptures. Oh, wow, this is good. I like this one. For I know the plans I have for you, says, oh my gosh, yes, Lord, oh, I like that. I like, oh, I know the prosper you, not to harm you, to give you fear. Oh, I like that verse. Shaka Mahai, that's my verse right there. I'm gonna receive that verse. I'm gonna live that. Oh man, God, he has got plans. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He's gonna prosper. Yes, he does. Yes, he will. What's this? Forgive my enemies. Wait, what? No. No, I like the other one better. Like, I'll live that, I wanna live this one. God, you don't know my enemies. They're mongrels. My enemies, I hate them. I don't wanna forgive my enemies, are you joking me? I'm gonna hold grudges, I'm gonna be bitter. I'm gonna have unforgiveness, because that's, that's what I want, man. Like, I don't wanna forgive my enemies. Pray for my enemies, are you joking? Yeah, I'll pray for them. I pray they get rabies. <laughs> yeah, Lord, give them rabies. That'll sort them out. Foam at the mouth for a while. Get ready here. How about this one? Oh yeah, man, here we go. God, God, God causes all things. Oh, here we go. God causes all things. Oh, can I get an amen this morning? God causes all things to work together. Mm, 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 mm. That's my verse right there. I'll live that one, yeah. God causes all things to work together for good. For those, oh yeah, yeah. What's this one? Don't, what was that? Book by. God calls all What's this one? Oh, don't, 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 don't have sexual intimacy with someone before I'm married? Wait, what? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip that one. I'm gonna move on from that one because God, you don't know what it's like down here. 
You know, you know what it's like down here? Like, nah, like I'm good. I'm good. Like I'll keep doing, I'll keep doing my own thing. I think like, I'm not really too interested in, in that one. I'm just gonna skip, o- skip over that one because like, you don't know what it's like, God, down here. Like you don't know what's going on. So, so I'm just gonna move on from there. Oh, this, oh man, this whole like eternal life thing that Jesus offers. Oh yeah, give me some of that because I wanna live forever. I want, a, I want a piece of that, right? Like, oh, this eternal life, this heaven thing. Oh, that sounds awesome. New he- like, like go to heaven, get a new body. I'm interested in that. I want to order the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Hello, it's nice to meet you. I'm happy to be here. Like, I, welcome to heaven. Like, I'm, I, want it, I want some, yeah, I like that one. I like that one, but wait, 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 what's this one? What's this one? Give a portion of my money away? Oh, I don't like that one. No, 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 no. I don't like that one. I don't want to I, I do that one. Like it, it's, it's conditional obedience. It's conditional obedience. Like, I, I'll do what I want to do. I'll hear what I want to hear, but I'm not going to, I just want to take a little portion. You know, you know, Jesus said this. He said, if you want to follow me, here's what happens. Here's how it works. You have to deny yourself. I'll say that again because I don't think that's sunk in. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself, die to yourself, deny yourself, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. He never said, if you wanna follow me, then keep yourself and take up your preferred lifestyle and follow me. He didn't say that. He said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. So many of us, we're like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'll follow you, Jesus, but I'm gonna follow you with my preferred version of my own lifestyle and I'll follow you. See, see here's the thing, God, God does not give us options to consider, He gives us commands to obey. He doesn't give us options to consider, He gives us commands to obey. I wanna encourage every person that is here today to go online and listen to the podcast. Go on our website, go on iTunes, and find the podcast of Darcy Frost's message from last Sunday night, 5 p.m. It is an absolute game changer message in this whole realm of conditional obedience. Everyone needs to listen to it. It's like this will help shape your understanding of what it means to really follow Jesus. Here's the thing, can I, can I ask a question? The question is simply this. Is there an area of your life right now where you're only practicing conditional obedience? Where it's like, oh yeah, I'll do this, but um, don't ask me to do that. Like, I'll follow you, God, but as long, only, only as long as it makes me comfortable. Anything outside of that, I don't want. Is, is there an area of your life where you're unsubmitted to God and there's conditional obedience? Because if there is, can I tell you this? This is a truth. This, you've got to understand this. The, the fullness of the life that Jesus offers you and I is not found in conditional obedience. The fullness of that life is found in unconditional surrender. Not conditional obedience, but unconditional surrender. God, whatever your way is, I'll live it. Whatever you call me to do, I'll do it. I'll be obedient to you in every way, submitted to you in every, every, every area of my life. Every area of my life. Not conditional obedience. That's our battle right there. That first battle of conditional obedience. The second battle is what I've called this, is God's battle, and it's the battle for our heart. The first battle is our battle, that battle for conditional obedience. The second battle is God's, and it's God's battle for your heart.
for your heart. We read this in, listen, if you think it's been challenging so far, just hold on. Because it's gonna get a little bit more challenging. Haggai 2 verse 16 to 17 says this. When anyone came to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, there was only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. Can I be honest and say, I don't like that picture of God. Like, that's not, I'm like, oh, I don't like that one. Like, I'm gonna skip, I'm gonna skip to another one, a picture of God I like. Like, God, God is the one that is not letting them get ahead. I don't like that picture of God. Like, why would, why, why, why would God do that? Why would, why would God restrict them that way? Why would, why, why would a loving God cause those things to happen? I don't, sometimes it's hard to understand those, those, those things, right? But the answer to the question is found in the passage itself. It's right at the end of it, where he says, yet I did, I did all these things, yet you did not return to me. Right there, Right there in that last part, we see an understanding of why God was doing what he was doing. His whole ambition was not to punish them, but to restore them. The whole ambition for what he did was not to punish them, but it was to restore them, to draw them back to him. That was his motivation. That was his heart. See, what I've found about God is that sometimes God will not change your negative situation because God wants to change your heart. This is God's battle, man. This is His battle for your heart. Sometimes God won't change a negative situation because His motivation is to try and change your heart. That's what He's trying to do. Please hear me as I say this. I'm not saying that all the maybe bad things that are going on in your life is God causing them to be in your life. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that all the things that you're facing right now is God just like trying to do something to you. But what I, what I will say is this, sometimes those seasons in our life where things are difficult and there are hardship, sometimes it's God trying to get our attention to draw us back to Him because we've drifted. We've drifted for whatever reason. We used to focus on Him. We used to have Him as our Lord. We used to worship Him. We used to serve Him. We used to know Him and we were building the temple for Him. And now all of a sudden we're focused on all other things and God's going, I want you you back. I want you back and I don't want your work, I want your heart. I don't want your words, I want your heart. I don't want your music, I want your heart. I don't, I don't want your, your religious duty, I want your heart. That's, that's what God is, is wanting and listen, if there's bad stuff going on in your life, it could be all, any number of things. I mean, who know, you gotta know the devil wants to take you down. He wants to throw a whole lot of stuff your way. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. We live in a fallen, broken world. So stuff happens and things go wrong along the way. I'm not saying that everything that's going on in your life is God doing it, but I, but, but I do know this, sometimes if your heart has drifted, God will allow and sometimes cause things to come your way that will get your attention and draw your heart back to Him. That's exactly what He's doing in this passage. And, and before you think, well, that's kind of a bit mean, like what I love about God and what we see in this is that God is so loving, all He does is cut off their supply. He doesn't kill them, He doesn't give them disease, doesn't make them sick, He doesn't do any of that stuff. All He does is cut off their supply. And before you again think that's very unloving and not very nice, just think about it like this. You and I would do the exact same thing. 
And you and I do do the exact same thing to our children. Picture this. You have a child who's growing up, who's in university, they're down in Wellington studying, and you're footing the bill for their study. So you're paying their accommodation, you're paying their food, you're paying their petrol, you're paying their study fees, and you're like setting them up. You've got a, there's a flow going from your account to their account to make, like give them what they need so that they can study. And then you hear, because you've got spies in Wellington, you, because I know this is what you do. Can you keep an eye on Jessica? You know, like, so you, you hear back that they are spending all your money on alcohol, smoking, heaven forbid, partying, wild living. And they're like, they're not even going to lectures anymore. They're just partying it up and doing, having this amazing lifestyle. What's the first thing you're gonna do as a parent? You're gonna cut off that supply. Well, it's not, it's not, a, it's not because you're punishing them, it's because you love them. It's until the values that reflect your heart are displayed in what they're doing, then they're not, you're not gonna keep funding that lifestyle. And this is exactly the same thing as what God does here. He's not trying to punish you. He's trying to restore you. He's not trying to punish you. He's trying to restore you. And that's exactly what you would do with your own children. You'd wanna restore them. Not because you're a meanie, but because you love them. But because you love them. Friends, God desires above your work, above your words, above your worship, above your service, above everything. God desires your heart. God desires your heart. The Bible says this in Matthew 6, 33. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. It's always first his heart. It's always first the kingdom. It's always first God. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. This is why, if you don't understand, this is why Jesus went wild in the temple and threw tables and made whips and chased people. Like people say, what would Jesus do? Throwing tables and chairs and whipping people is within the realm of possibility, all right? So, this is why he went wild, because the space in the temple that was supposed to be a place of prayer for all nations, this is a place where anybody from any nation could come and worship God and pray to God. That was the space that was taken up with money changers and lenders and people exchanging goods and people walking through with all kinds of stuff. And yes, they were cheating people monetarily, but the real thing that drove Jesus wild is that they were cheating people of the space that they had to come and worship God. It was a place where they could connect their heart with the heart of God. Jesus went wild for it, man. He went wild for it. And it shows like a great picture of the, the ferocity of God for the hearts of men. He's ferocious for your heart, friends. It's what he wants above anything and everything else is your heart that you'd know him. Not your words, not your religious duty, not that you attend church, not that you play an amazing drums like Jackson does, not that you, not that you can sing like, no, he doesn't, it's not any of that stuff. It's meaningless, it's worthless if you don't know him. If you don't know him. This, this, this came crashing into my world in a very confronting way. After three years of full-time ministry, I was a youth pastor, I'd, been, I'd done three years full-time, and I had a moment, a revelation moment, where I sat there and I read the words of Jesus where he says, many will come to me in the last day and they'll say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And I will say to them, go away, I never knew you. And that confronted my heart because I realized in that moment that I'd become a professional doer for Jesus and I didn't know him. 
I didn't know. I missed the heart of the whole thing. See, friends, your, your knowing God never comes out of your doing for God. If you think you can do enough stuff for God and that will equate to you knowing Him, you're very much mistaken. You, you, your doing comes out of your knowing. Your knowing never comes out of your doing. You cannot do stuff and expect to know God. When you know God, it transforms your heart to do things that would please Him and live for Him. Maybe today, and I was praying this morning, I was praying yesterday into the service, and I really believe there's a number of people here today, and I felt the same word God gave me for every service this morning. And this morning in our 8.30 services, many people responded to this. Really felt God gave me the, just a word in my heart that this is a word for some people today. You've been, you've been doing the thing, man. You've been coming to church, you lead a life group, you're doing all this stuff, you know? You've been coming to church for many, many years, but the words of Jesus kind of ring true to you. It says this, Matthew 15, 8, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And maybe today is your day to really get back to the heart of the issue and give God your heart again. Maybe you've been trying to do a whole bunch of stuff and it's just coming to nothing and it's not, it's like, why, why, is, why is this just not happening? Maybe it's God trying to get your attention to say, hey, listen, I want your heart, I want your heart. Can I ask you a question? How's your heart today? Every one of us, how's your heart today? How is it? How is your heart with God? Because at the end of it all, it's the only thing that matters is that your heart is right with God and that you know Him. And many of you here today, if anyone looked at you, they'd say, oh yeah, of course. But if you looked at your own heart, you'd be like, no. I know I look like I can do it all and I've got it all together and I look like I know him, but I, really in my heart, I don't know him. Here's the, here's the amazing thing. In Haggai 2.19, what happens is God gets their heart. So he's like, he's trying to say, come on, man, get, let me get your attention. I, need, I want your heart. He gets their heart. And here's, this is God's response. He says, from this day on, I will bless you. From this day. So as soon as their hearts turn to God, he's like, I'm gonna bless you. He says this, Haggai 2.19. Is there yet any seed in the barn? Until now, the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree have not borne fruit. From this day on, I will bless you. He's saying, look, there's seed in the barn. So you haven't even sown the seed yet. You haven't even done the work. It's not even harvest time. The seed's still in the barn. You haven't even done the work to plant it. It hasn't even gone on the ground. It hasn't even gone through its maturation period. It's not even harvest time, but he says, but even though that's still there, from this day on, I'm gonna bless you. Even though you haven't done the work, I'm gonna bless you. Friends, that just so communicates to me the heart of God that as soon as we turn our hearts back to Him, He's like, great. Nothing else needed for you to do, I'm gonna bless you. Like you don't have to get your heart right with God and then take step A, B, C, D, and E. Then he's like, okay, cool. Now, once you've hit E, I'll bless you. He's like, just turn your heart to me and I'll bless you. I'll bless you. Maybe some of you here today, you've been living a life of conditional obedience where it's like, man, I'll follow Jesus, but only if it is comfortable for me. I'll follow Jesus, but... I'd rather take with me my 
preferred lifestyle and try and make him fit in there. Maybe today you're like these people and it's like, man, God's after your heart today. I would love to encourage you to simply take that step, say, God, you know what, here it is, here's my heart again. Can you stand to your feet? I'd love to pray for you in a moment. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna get to the end of it all. Do all these weird, wild, and wonderful things for God and get to the end of it all and miss it. And miss it. The words of Jesus is, go away, I never knew you. It's the heart of God, He wants to know you. He wants to have your heart. He wants to have that place of honor in your life first. He wants you to love Him first. He's got great life for you, abundant life for you. It comes in that place of unconditional surrender and putting Him on the throne of your life, giving Him your heart. I'd love to invite everyone in this room just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I wanna pray just firstly for a specific group of people and as I've been speaking, you've really, this has resonated with you and you're thinking, man, that's me. I'm that person that I do stuff for God. I'm involved. I'm, I've been doing this thing for years. I've been coming to church for years. But if you're honest right now, you'd say, man, it's, your heart's not right with Him. Your heart's far from Him. I, I wanna just really quickly, I wanna know who I'm praying for. And... Um, I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out or anything, but just really quickly, can you just, if that's you, you want to know who I'm praying for, just slip your hand up nice and high real quick and put it back down. Yep, yes, 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 yes. Hands all over the place. Yes, awesome, 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 awesome. All over the place. Yeah, up at the top. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, cool. You can still put your hand up. I'm, I'm still looking. Yep, awesome. God bless you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, great. The reason I'm asking you to put your hand up is not for me, it's for you. Because I want you to take a step of faith to say, yeah, I... I'm acknowledging my need here. You know what I do? I believe that before I've even prayed, the fact that you lifted your hand, that's God healing you and God receiving your heart back. So God, right now, I thank you for each of those people. I bless them now in Jesus' name. God, I pray that above all the doing, they would have a deep sense of knowing that they would know you, Lord, that you would have their heart. Lord, maybe they've been going through a difficult season and this is you just getting their attention, saying, come back to me, come back to me. God doesn't wanna punish you, He wants to restore you. He's a God of grace and forgiveness. So God, right now, I bless them now in Jesus' name, all those who've responded. I pray, anoint them, Holy Spirit. May they go to a place now of incredible intimacy with you, knowing who you are, knowing you deeply and personally, that their hearts would be right with you and from this day forward I thank you that your promise is that you will bless them in Jesus name God I pray for all of us as a church that we would be a people Lord that are not a people of conditional obedience, but of unconditional surrender. Lord, we trust that the plans You have for us far outweigh, far exceed, far go beyond anything that we would imagine or hope or dream for ourselves. Lord, we know the fullness of the life You have for us is found in our full surrender. So Lord, we surrender to You today. Lord, we say, have Your way in our lives. Lord, we won't be a people who just 
pick and choose and take a bit of this and bit. No, no, no. Lord, we will be a people of unconditional surrender, obedience to Your Word. And God, I pray that we will be a people that have Your heart and You have ours in Jesus' mighty Name. Come on, let's worship just for a few moments.